This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlists for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. There's a bit of a hellish red glow that uh, pulses up and fades behind them as they leave. Ooh, that can't be good. Hello again, and welcome back to Me, Myself, and Die. I am your intrepid host, game master, and player, Trevor DeVal. Just a reminder, if you like the show today, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. I do read them, believe it or not. I do read them. Also, if you want to talk about the show on the Twitters, with the Facebooks, or the Instagrams, or all that stuff, every little bit helps to get the news out. So, uh, thanks for watching, by the way. I really appreciate you guys keep uh, keep tuning in and subscribing it. It's pretty cool to see those numbers go up. So, uh, just know that I'm enjoying this as much as... Uh, uh, hopefully you are. So when we last left off with Simon of Augustan, he had just left the town of Hundatora, the walled seaside town of Hundatora, the walled booming seaside town of Hundatora, and we discovered a few things about the world. We discovered that there's a large ocean, we discovered that there are a couple of temples to a sea god and a trade god, and we discovered that there's a friendly merchant in uh, in town at the Sailor's Mess, who is now an NPC uh, by the name of North, who may or may not uh, be a help for Simon again in the future. Also, interestingly enough, Simon did manage to find a hireling, someone who's mad enough to go back to the uh, necromantic temple with him, a, uh, a soldier, an ex-soldier by the name of Edbert, who was haunted by the ghost of someone who he slew. So, these two have left Hundatora behind and are now making their way back up the mountain to find the necromantic temple, go inside, and discover what secrets it holds, besides a quick and horrible death. Let's hope that's not the case. So the first thing we do is determine the next morning. It's going to take them a full day to get there. We know what happens there. Let's just determine the weather. Let's just see what the weather's doing, just so we know. 17 is a beautiful day. Beautiful summer's day, leading into a beautiful summer's evening by the time they get there. Or do they get there? Maybe there's something that interrupts or amends their scene in some way. The chaos factor is 6. 10. So, no, it, it does not get interrupted or altered, so they arrive at the temple at the end of the day, just as the sun is setting, and they move up to the temple, and they can see the, the shattered remains of the, of the skeletons out here. Now, I don't know what's in this room. I'm going to ask the Perilous Wilds. So, in keeping with the forbidden knowledge theme of this discovery that we made, uh, or this room that we made last time, so what is forbidden knowledge about this? I think that it has something to do with the altar. I think the altar here has like necromantic runes inscribed on it. Simon and uh, Edbert make their way up to the altar. Okay, what do we what do we know about this place from last time? We know the place has been abandoned for a couple hundred years. We know it was overrun by monsters. We know it was overrun by the undead. So the question is, is this altar, has this altar been used at all recently? I think that's probably unlikely, but it's, uh, I'm gonna say very unlikely. Has this altar been used recently? Zero nine. That is an extreme yes. Ooh. So they get up to that altar, and Simon hasn't had a chance to, um, to examine the altar. This is the first, chi first chance he's got to examine the altar. And they spread out, and they see that the runes, the strange necromantic runes that are carved in the side of this stone altar, are covered in blood. Simon reaches out and he touches his finger to the altar. It's fresh blood. Something has recently used this altar. Well, has the altar been used by one of the denizens 
of the temple. I think that's pretty likely. Gonna call that likely. Okay, factor six. 76? Yes, correct. So, the, the altar has been recently used and it is covered in blood. Mm. Simon looks to uh, Edbert. Well, it seems that the dead do not rest quietly in this place. I think we should press on. There's nothing to find here, is there? Simon can't read these runes. He has no idea what this means. He has no knowledge of any kind of, like, magical uh, 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 rituals, anything like this. This is a total mystery to him. I suppose there's a tiny chance that maybe Edbert knows something about this. He was a soldier. Maybe he fought in some weird places. You know, maybe we fought against the undead at one place. I'm going to call that it's no way. There's no way he knows anything about this. Zero nine. He does. He actually knows something about this. Edbert goes up to the runes carved on the altar, and he looks at them, and he says... I can read this. Simon's incredulous. You know what this means? I'm no necromancer, but I know what this ritual is. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what the ritual is, so I'm just going to randomly determine what the ritual is by rolling on the fate chart, uh, rolling uh, an, act, an event, action, and subject. So what is this ritual all about? This ritual is about oppress 13, war, oppress war so against war to stop war from happening that's how i interpret that so the creature that is responsible presumably the undead creature that's using this temple is using it to stop a war well that's really odd the the master of this temple whoever that is has recently awakened and is using the power of this temple to call upon their god their dark god whatever that is whoever that is to stop a war from happening a war on this place? Yeah, I think that's probably a good bet that there's some other group that's trying to wipe out this group of undead, maybe. Sure. Uh, let's find out. 50-50 on that. 18. The answer is yes. You know what I think it is? I think it's a group of undead hunters. I think it's a group of, like, paladins, clerics, this kind of thing. I think it's a holy group of people that are trying, that are on their way even now, to wipe this place out. Now, Simon knows nothing about this. That the Temple of Thurzen is about to be cleansed by the Order of the Purifying Flame. So it's it's some sort of clerical order that's coming to destroy this place, and the the... The creature, whatever, I keep wanting to call it a lich. I don't know if it's a lich. I hope it's not a lich, because if it's a lich, these guys are probably dead. Well, let's, let's, let's find out. Let's just get this out of the way. Is it some sort of powerful lich that is actually at the heart of this temple that's doing this? I'm going to say there's no way. There's no way. No, in fact, I'm going to say it's, impo it's impossible that that's the case. I'm going to give myself a break here. 41. No, it is not a spellcasting lich that's going to kill Simon and Edbert immediately like that, like that, like that. Which is good. Gives us a fighting chance. But whatever is the master of this place is currently trying to bolster the defenses because it knows somehow, perhaps through some oracular device, that this order of the purifying flame is en route. Now, I don't know if they're going to get here while Simon is still here, but I'm going to keep that in mind. So, Edbert looks at these necromantic runes and he says to Simon... This is a warding spell of some sort. I've seen this before. Someone here is trying to create a protective shell around this place so that it cannot be entered. I don't know who they're thinking of protecting this place from, but it's recent as you can see. Yes. We best press on. They decide to leave through the center chamber. What do they find in the center chamber? Uh, we're going to go to our book and we're going to see. So they walk down a corridor for some time. Simon, 
lights a torch because it's pitch black in here. Uh, there's a terrible smell of rot and decay coming through this whole area. We roll our d12 to see what they find. They leave the area, 11. Unique discovery and a danger, and it is also a themed area. Well, like to keep things interesting, that's for sure. Forbidden knowledge, once again, it's one of the unique areas. The kitchens. What's forbidden about the necromancer's kitchens? The discovery is going to be, and this is all stuff you can find right here in the Perilous Wilds. Again, this, this supplement is designed for Dungeon World, but I use it for this because it works just as well. All right, the discovery is going to be a feature an altar, a dais, or platform. So there's another altar in the kitchens. Interesting. Maybe there's little altars all throughout this area. What is the danger, though? It's a creature, of course. And what is the creature doing? The creature is sleeping. Is this an undead creature? It says sleeping, but undead don't sleep. So I don't think it is undead. Let's say there's no way it's undead. How could an undead be asleep? Right? 48? No. So it's definitely not a dead. So this is something else that's gone into the temple and is sleeping. Humanoid, what are they? They are hobgoblin. What's a hobgoblin doing in an undead temple that is clearly active and sleeping? It, oh, is it, is it, has it been put to sleep? Has it been ensorcelled? Is it a sorcerer's sleep? Yes. So, uh, how many hobgoblins are there, by the way? How many hobgoblins are asleep? There are six sleeping hobgoblins in this area, in the kitchens. So Simon and Edbert creep into what is obviously an old rundown kitchen. Weirdly, in the center of the kitchen, there is also another altar, very much like the altar that they found in the main temple, smaller this time, but still the same construction, and Edbert even points out the exact same necromantic runes around it. But in the kitchen, Clearly slumped over tables, slumped over countertops, are a group of hobgoblins. Big, burly, regular goblins, like bigger, tougher, tuskier cousin. And there's six of them, and they're all... They're clearly down for the count. Was it a trap that put them asleep? I have no idea. 50-50. Zero nine. Yes! Exceptionally yes, which means the trap is still active. So, Edbert and Simon. Creep into the room, into the kitchen. It's a fairly large area, but again, old. Everything's covered in cobwebs. There's a layer of thick dust on everything. I think there's basically skeletons everywhere in this place because it was overrun by monsters. So the undead creations did sort of break free and kill their priestly masters. So there's the remains of, of uh, a bunch of uh, priests who look like they were slaughtered while they were at that supper, basically. But among them are these sleeping goblins. One of them is slumped over a table, another one's right in front of them by the doorway. What kind of trap is it? Like a pressure plate? I don't think it's a pressure plate, but it might be. I'm gonna call that very unlikely. 30. Yes, it is. It is a pressure plate. Okay, so as they walk in, again, the, the floor of the kitchen covered in grime, mildew, the whole place reeks of this this decay scent. Uh, and now the smell of hobgoblins as well. But as uh, Simon and Edward walk in, the question now is, do they see the pressure plate before they... This is going to be notice rolls. Ugh, he sucks. I say that a lot in this show. Simon sucks. I think I've noticed that. He's got a notice of D4. Does he see it? Four, he will succeed. So yes, he does see it. Edbert's notice is D6. He explodes, of course. Uh, nine, so he succeeds with a raise. Edbert suddenly puts his hand out in front of Simon, and Simon 
stops and looks down and Edward kind of very quietly points out on the floor and there's a section of the floor there's a a big flagstone in the floor that's just higher than the rest of the flagstones almost like it's some sort of well pressure plate Edward looks at that and he whispers to Simon I've seen things like this before I think this is some sort of trap it may be the trap that put these creatures asleep they gingerly step around the pressure plate now the question is do they dispatch these hobgoblins I think there's a good chance that Edward's definitely going to want to do that. He's encountered these creatures before as a soldier, and he knows that if these things come running up uh, running up behind him, it's going to be bad news. Uh, I think it's very likely he wants to do that, Chaos Factor 608. Absolutely, yes. In fact, he doesn't even wait to tell Simon. He just pulls out his knife and goes up and cuts one's throat. Simon looks. Here's the thing. If they blow it and wake one of them up before the job is done, so here's what we're gonna do. These things are asleep, but sleep in Savage Worlds means that if you make any kind of noise, normal noise, that could rouse them from their slumber. So can they murder these creatures in their sleep? <laughs> they're monsters, they're hobgoblins, they're evil, they gotta go. Can they do it quietly? We're gonna do a stealth roll. Simon's really good at this. He's gonna roll d d8 and a d6. If he fails on this, one or more of those hobgoblins are gonna wake up. Boom. He rolls a success with a seven. Edbert has a d6, so he's an extra. He doesn't roll a wild die. He also succeeds. So they are able to dispatch all six hobgoblins, adding their blood to the altar. <laughs> that can't be good. <laughs> Here's the thing. Actually, that's a good question. Does taking a life in this necromantic temple, especially around an altar, does taking a life in this necromantic temple, does that somehow feed the, the, the fell magics that are here? Does this somehow increase the power of the ritual? I think that's, I think that's probably pretty likely. I'm gonna say uh, that's very likely on Chaos Factor 6, and we roll a 70. Yeah, so, okay. So little do they know that their act of dispatching these sleeping hobgoblins as the blood pours freely from the, the uh, dispatched creatures the blood mingles with the other blood that was on the altar. And as Simon and Edbert are walking out of the room, out of the kitchens to the, the north, we'll say, they see what they don't see. Only we see, only the viewer, the viewers, all of you, get to see the blood sort of like dribble down and sort of make its way into the grooves of those necromantic ru uh, runes that are carved in the altar. And there's a bit of a hellish red glow that uh, pulses up and fades behind them as they leave. Ooh, that can't be good. All right, what do they find as they continue their exploration through the north door? So they find a common area. One of the common areas on our list is going to be 11, which is equipment storage, but there's a discovery and a danger. Um, there's going to be 1d4 discoveries, as a matter of fact. There's going to be four. The first one. A pit shaft chasm. I think that there's been some sort of uh, earthquake or some sort of rent in the earth that has split the wall asunder and created a, uh, a rent in this room, maybe like splitting it in two. The next thing is bridge stairs and a ramp. I, I think that there's actually like makeshift bridge, like a, a couple of planks, maybe an old table from the kitchens uh, acting as a, as a bridge across the chasm. And the other discovery in this room is a find. Coins, gems, jewelry. Well, it's about time. The other discovery is going to be 
magic pool statue or idol. So this is an equipment storage room that has been rent asunder by some cataclysm in the mountains, which has split the room in two. Someone has put down a temporary bridge, a wooden bridge. There is an idol amongst the equipment storage. There's gonna be some type of gear here. I don't know whether it's gonna be useful or not. We'll find that out in a second. But there's some sort of idol, and this was a temple after all, so it makes sense that in, in, in little uh, depressions in the wall and little like um, alcoves and such, maybe there's, there's little you know, skeleton-headed statues or skulls or something like that, some sort, of, some sort of magic idol. But what's the danger? A creature. What is the creature doing? Dying. Oh, well, I know what this is. This is the creature whose blood has been smeared on all of the uh, other <laughs> the other altars. But what is the creature? Is a human. Hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a hunter of some sort. Oh, wouldn't it be interesting if that was the hunter that uh, that owned the cabin? <laughs> <laughs> the reason why the, the cabin that Simon stayed in was unoccupied is because the hunter who used it had uh, accidentally wandered into this temple some time ago, but not that long ago because he's lying here dying, so he is still alive. But that's a danger though. Oh, I know why. I know why this hunter represents the danger. <laughs> We're about to find out. So, Simon and Edbert. I was to say Egbert, but that's silly name, isn't it? Simon and Edbert make their way down the hideous smelling hallway. Again, the stench of rot and decay everywhere. And they come across to a room, which is basically a dead end. It's a rather large room and they can see all kinds of storage racks everywhere, all kinds of gear devices, you know, mostly for the running of a temple. So there's gonna be lots of like urns and vials and like robes and things like this. The room itself has been rent in half and there's this chasm, but Someone has slammed this old uh, uh, table from the kitchen, presumably, or the remains of the table, across the chasm, and at the far end of the room are a series of little alcoves, and in the center of, uh, in the middle alcove is a idol, which is sitting there with a death's head skull on it. At the base of the idol, blood still trailing across that bridge, across that table, leading up to the entrance of the room where Simon and Edward now stand, is a man, is a human man. Well, I don't know if he's a man, actually, one to three, maybe he's a man. Yes, he's a man, clearly a hunter of some sort. He, he has all the trappings one would expect on a typical hunter. So he's got like an empty arrow quiver at his side. He's, he's wearing, you know, some, some animal skins, things like this. But they walk in, they can see across this chasm. There he is, he's lying. Now he's, he has several cuts. He is dying, so I think he's got like he's got big slashes on his forearms like this and I think that he's got a big cut and he, I think he's like sitting there choking, choking like this, his blood is pouring out of his wounds. Now he does represent a danger, but I'll show you why in a second. Right away, Simon's like, we have to help him. Edbert puts his hand. No, I think it's a trap. I think it's a trap, mate. No, we have to help him. Simon moves across the, uh, the planks. Simon gets up to him and attempts to heal him. He attempts to stabilize him. The guy's dying, it's bad news. Simon is going to do a healing. He's not very good at this, but he does have a D6. The guy is dying, he's an extra, so there's no wound penalties. If he was a wild card, there would be. He's going to roll. He succeeds, so he stabilizes the man. Oh, oh, oh. The man is in terrible shape. He, he's dying, so I don't think he's gonna get up and ha ha, I'm ready to help you, Simon. No, I think he's like, mm, lying there dying. But as Simon is doing this, Edbert comes in and Edbert's sort of looking around and right away, he starts to flitch, twitch, and he starts 
to realize that his ghost that is haunting him is becoming very agitated, very, very agitated. It's almost like what Edbert sees is, is the, the spirit of this person, who we know nothing about yet, but you know, that may become relevant later. The spirit of this person is like swirling around, whispering, chittering in his ear. And Edbert's like, oh, stop it, stop it, stop it, get out of my head, stop it. Is the ghost responding to the idol? It is somewhat likely, we'll say. 78. Yes. So the ghost is whispering and chittering at Edbert. Like it wants, it, 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 it keeps like screaming and crying and pointing at the idol. And Edbert looks at the idol. And Simon, in the meantime, Simon's, you know, still tending the wound. And then he starts to hear this sound, this hideous wailing, almost like, like, uh, like the sound of ultimate sorrow coming from this skull-headed idol in the alcove. And it begins... Does it begin to glow? 35. Yes, it's about to cast some horrible spell on them. Or some some terrible fell necromantic magic is about to come out of this uh, idol. Well, we already know that there is a sleep trap in this place. So I think sleep, sleep is associated with this god. Like the uh, the eternal sleep, the ultimate sleep. This is, this is the final sleep, right? This is what this whole temple is dedicated to, is death. This is yet another kind of sleep spell kind of thing. It's going to do a spirit roll, I think, um... What is the power level of this idol? Is it equal power to them? Uh, I don't know, 50-50. Uh, is it equal power to them? Uh, 18, yes, so it is equal power to them, so I'm gonna say that it's a D8. This keen, this wailing starts coming from the idol, and it begins to chant these words. It's not a very uh, effective spell, though, so that means that both Simon and Edbert and the hunter all have to do spirit rolls. Let's do Edbert first. Does he fall asleep? He does. Edbert uh, drops to the ground on the far side of the chasm. Kukonk. Not into the chasm, luckily, but on the far side of the chasm. And Simon, ah, he steals himself as best he can against this keening whale coming from this idol. Does he succeed? He does succeed. He does not fall asleep. Oh, and the, the dying hunter succeeds as well. So Edward just kind of drops. But as this keening whale sound starts to echo through the corridors behind and this hideous pull, the pull to the eternal sleep pulls on Simon, but he's able to shake it off. I think that the thing that has been using the altars is coming because this hunter is clearly the sacrificial victim who somehow broke free from the thing that is that is using the altars to cast the spell and i think this thing is about to find all of our group in this room is that the case is the thing whatever it is bearing down upon them i'm gonna call it 50 50 here we go is it bearing down upon them Yes, it is. What is the thing coming for Simon and Edbert and this dying man in this temple? What will happen once it arrives? Is it a lich? No, it's not. We know it's not, but I don't know what it is. But if you tune in next time, we will find out what it is together. Remember to hit like and subscribe, and I will see you next time on Me, Myself, and Die.